and welcome to A Little Spooky, a show where we talk about things that are just a little spooky, like cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, mysteries, that sinking feeling when your older sister asks to borrow your favorite shirt. And you know she's not going to give it back, but she promises to give it back the next morning. And you're a good sister, so you say yes. But the next morning rolls around. You ask her for your shirt, and she says she doesn't know what you're talking about. And she'd never borrow that shirt because it's ugly. You know she's gaslighting you. So you go into her room and search everywhere for that shirt, but it's nowhere to be found. So then you start to question yourself. Did this actually happen? Did the shirt actually exist? You search through your phone. There's no pictures of the shirt anywhere. And now you're starting to question everything about your life from birth until death. What's real? What's not real? And the only thing that will satisfy you is if your sister confesses to stealing your shirt, but more likely you will die first because she will never give up that secret. And I'm Everett. (laughs) And I'm Colleen. (laughs) That was... Not relatable at <laughs> all. Trust me, it's relatable. Well, it's like a weird glitch in the matrix, like I always talk about. But is it real? Is it not real? Yeah. It'd be weird if that happened to me, wouldn't it? To you. Anyone, really. Okay. <laughs> well, how are you doing today, Kelly? I'm fine. Fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. That did not sound like you're fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just been questioning a lot of questioning things. Questioning reality. Yeah. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. What are we talking about today? Well, I don't even want to give it away before I get into it, honestly. I just want to preface by saying this tale that I'm going to tell all y'all today is completely true. And that just makes it even more spooky. <laughs> the face, you can't see his face. The face he made was the most serious face I've ever seen him make. But then it, only, it took him about half a second to crack but he was still trying to make a serious face. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic or anything. This is actually a true story, and it's just really weird. So, All right, love to hear it. Let's, let's jump into it. In June of 2014, a couple buys a home in Westfield, New Jersey. Derek and Maria Broadus, along with their children, were renovating the home to improve it before they moved in. And one day, while working on their new house, Derek went out to get the mail. And in the mail was a handwritten letter with no postage or sender information. So so somebody, like, stopped and physically put that letter in their mailbox. Yes. As in, it wasn't a postman. Yes. If Unless no the postage. person who wrote the letter was, in fact, a postman. Sure. But, yeah, there's no postage, so it wasn't delivered in the mail. It Got was it. put directly in their mailbox. I'm going to read that letter right now. Okay. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring you or was it greed to bring me your children? What? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. I asked the woods to bring me the young blood, 
and it looks like they listened. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children, I have seen them. So far, there are at least three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out at the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Signed, The Watcher. What the fuck? I'm sorry, what year was this? 2014. Wait, that recently? Yes. I don't know why that fact just went over my head. Holy frijoles. Yeah. That You know what? Okay, that reminds me. We moved into this house and somebody left a secret note taped to our back door. <laughs> and I swear it was the Unabomber or something. It said, hello, new neighbors. Welcome you. Cut your grass and get that dead tree out of your yard or I will have to report you to the city. Welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> not, not as threatening as this letter, I must say. No, um, I, wow, that, um, I've, I've heard of the watcher as in creepy dude or person. And yeah, we don't know, we don't creepy, know if it's a dude. Creepy letters being left in a mailbox at a house. Yeah. I did not anticipate the letters to be that creepy. I thought it was just going to be somebody like, you know magazine cutout letters that say like i will kill you no these these letters are handwritten and i will say there's going to be more letters i'm going to be reading later on too um they are for the most part the entire unedited letters but they are slightly censored because they don't want to reveal the names of their children sure sure um, that's fair and other portions uh, i believe the police left out portions just in case you know to keep kind of some information close to the chest to help with the investigation. No, nope, that but makes for sense. for the most part, this is unedited. So, obviously, they're freaked out, right? So, Derek calls the police immediately. The responding officer read the letter and suggested it may be a prank or the result of a dare from some neighborhood kids. But regardless, the officer took a statement from Derek and asked some probing questions to kind of get some more information. Sure. So, he asked, did they have any, you know, rivals or enemies that may have wanted to do this? Right. Was there a bidding war for the house that may have upset someone else that lost out? The answer to all those questions and, you know, if there were any suspicious characters nearby, all of the answers were no. This was just completely unwarranted. Um, so they had no idea who could have written the letter. So I have another clarifying question. Yeah. Or a clarifying question. The person said the house is 125 years old? Uh, 110. 110 years old. Yeah. Do you have any information about what the house looks like? Like, was it a nice house? You you can, was I it, mean, you can look it up because um, it, it's 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. This house is like a really large house, a mansion, basically. Okay, okay. So um, I was picturing just like your average 1900s three-bedroom yeah. wooden house. And I mean, I'm kind of exaggerating when I say mansion, but it is a very large house. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly how many bedrooms there were, but I think there were like five or six. And I think there's like two floors. It's like a really big house. Though. Okay. Like, so not a mansion, but not, not small. Yeah. Suburban it's house. a very, it's not a modest house. It's a very, I think it cost them over like 1.3 million or something like okay. that when they purchased okay. it. So at this point, you know, the, the police weren't really much help. There wasn't really much to go on with this letter and it's not like they were threatened or anything. So they were just mm -hmm. curious about what 
who wrote this, what's going on. Yeah, better to just let them know. So the Watcher mentioned in this letter uh, the woods. And he's not talking about the forest. The woods were actually the previous owners of the house. Oh. Derek and Maria contacted the woods, and when asked if they had heard from the Watcher, the woods stated that they lived at this house for two decades without receiving any sorts of letters at all. That is until a few days before they moved out of the house. They read the letter and they did confirm that it like was a very similar type letter, but they threw it out because they're like, what is this? You know, we don't care. We're leaving. So Yeah, that's I, I'd rather just forget it. Yeah. And they thought it was like a prank. So they just threw yeah. out the letter. So they didn't actually have a copy of it. But okay. they did confirm with the Broadduses that they also received a letter shortly before moving out. Yikes. And the reason that they could confirm it was the same person is because... It did mention that uh, the Watcher's family was watching the house for decades, just like he did in the letter to the Broadduses. Okay. So Maria and the Woods went to update the police, and Detective Leonard Lugo warned the two families not to tell anyone about the letters and that the neighbors were now all suspects until they had more information. But a crime hasn't been committed. No, but... Well, maybe threatening, I suppose. It, and it's, like, very vague, but it's very creepy. And, like, you know, referring to their children as the young blood. Like yeah, possible. yes. I mean, I would definitely report a similar letter to the cops. It's just... I, I don't necessarily see what the cops can do or... I mean, they, they can assist with investigating, and I don't think a, a crime could be charged at this point. But if the Broadduses wanted to, they could potentially um, have a like a no contact order type thing sure. in place if they figured out who it was. Sure, I just can't imagine unless this is a very sleepy place that they have a, a lot of resources. It's a fairly busy area, I'm sure. And I mean, in the letter, the first letter, uh, the watcher true, mentioned that true. hundreds of cars and people were walking by every day. That's true. So nothing kind of happened for about two weeks. They were just kind of working on the home uh, before they moved in. They were doing some projects, some renovating. Mm -hmm. um, and then about two weeks after receiving that first letter, Maria was at the home with the children. They were bringing in boxes from their old home, uh, moving it in. And then she checked the mail and found a new unmarked and unposted letter. Before opening the letter, she called the police. She didn't want to even open it. Yeah, she just, like, I, I mean, I would immediately feel sick slash nervous and not want to open it yeah so the police arrived and they all read the letter together okay so here it is welcome again to your new home at 657 boulevard the workers have been busy and i have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings the dumpster is a nice touch have they found out what is in the walls yet in time they will i am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought to me you certainly say their names often 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. I notice one of your children using an easel. Is she the artist in the family? Have you found all the secrets the house holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house, and if you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom, then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 
657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there, but my immediate question is, the Watcher keeps referring in both letters to having asked the Woods for things, as in right. ask the Woods for young blood, ask the Woods to sell the house. So do the Woods have any knowledge or stories or incidences of people asking them about children or selling the house? Though, I mean, at this point, the Woods, all, all they've said is they received that one letter a few days before moving out. So I guess you've got to think like... Did they receive letters and they just never noticed them? Did they throw them out because they thought it was just junk mail? Or maybe the Watcher's lying? I mean, all that we know for sure is that the Woods say they received that one letter that they read and threw away. Okay. It's so just... that's all we know for sure. All right. It's, it's very possible they received letters before and they just kept it a secret and they tried to move out for that reason and never said that was why. I guess oh, so you're possible. thinking that that those requests were probably made through letters as opposed to one of the neighborhood people just casually asking them about selling the house or having kids. Possibly. Because my, my thought would be like, if I thought back, you know, somebody did ask me to sell the house, Officer Lewinsky, let me give you his name. Well, and that's assuming that that happened. And also, if it did, that it was a neighbor that told them who is also the watcher. We don't know it's a neighbor. It could be anyone. Right. Well, clearly they are, have some physical proximity or can see through space and time. Well, we'll get to that. So after they received that second letter, Maria and Derek stopped bringing the children to the new house since the watcher knew so many details about them, including their nicknames, which were edited out of that letter. Yuck. So he knew the nicknames. Okay. The police discovered one important factor from the letter. The watcher mentioned he saw the Broadus' daughter painting on an easel. This easel was on the front porch of the house, which was hidden behind bushes in the front yard, so the watcher could not have made this observation from a car or from walking on the sidewalk. So that means he had to have been at the side of the house at some point, or the house was bugged, or the watcher was someone the family knew. <laughs> so, yuck. So the the kind of the thought is it's most likely that he was on the side of the house. They searched the house for any sorts of cameras or uh, microphones or anything like that and couldn't find anything like that. Yeah. And it's very, very unlikely that it was like a family or a family member or a family friend that did this. And you'll see why later, but like this kind of really escalates in a little bit. And it's very unlikely that it's someone they know and it is a complete stranger. Okay. I have no theories as of now. So only a few days after that, the Broadduses, or well, well, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. The Broadus has stopped going into the house at this point because they were terrified. That sucks. You, you drop all that money on a super nice house and now you can't even go in it? Yeah, well, some they're just taking a break from it. They're like, let's just take a few days and, you know. Sure. Stop the process for a second and breathe for a little bit. Sure. Um, so only a few days after they decide to stop going into the new house, a letter arrived at the home. So I'm not sure exactly. Maybe they drove by to check the mail or something. I don't know. But a third letter arrived at this point. Okay. And it says, Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The house is crying from all of the pain that it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. 
You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time that I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Ugh. I, okay, what's weird to me, he's referring to the kids as young blood. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like he wants to kill them. It just sounds like he wants them to hang out in the house. And he wants to watch. Well, yeah, I mean, no denying there's some sort of pervy, nefarious thing going on, but... It, yeah, I mean, either that or, like, he just wants to be the guardian of this house and the family that lives in it for whatever reason. But he gave a hint that he lived there in the 1960s. He never said he lived there. He, he said he was the in the house in the 60s. Okay. So he could have just been like a visitor. And he but did, why would his father be watching? There has to be some kind of connection. True. And he did also mention too that when he was roaming the halls of this house, he imagined he was one of the rich occupants. So okay. that kind of implies okay. that he never actually lived there, but he maybe was friends with one of the children living there. Okay. So he was playing in this house before. Interesting. So at this point, after receiving this third letter, the family puts a stop to the process of moving and renovating completely. And they moved in with Maria's parents because they had sold their previous house. That's just so infuriating. So the police were not coming up with any promising leads. Uh, Derek started his own personal investigation, and he suspected the neighbors, of course. Uh, specifically, their direct next-door neighbor uh, was the Langford family, which consisted of Peggy and her children. Uh, Peggy was a senior, and all of her children were middle-aged, but they were all still living together. Okay. One of these children was Michael Langford. And at the time, in 2014, he was 60 and described as odd and reclusive. The Langford home was directly next to the Broadduses, as I said, and Michael was the appropriate age to have roamed the halls in the 60s, and he, right. and he would have been directly next to the house and would have been able to witness the easel that he mentioned oh, in that one letter. Okay. Uh, Michael's father, Peggy's husband, was also deceased, uh, and the watcher said his father was deceased as well. Right. However, the police already investigated and questioned Michael and eliminated him as a suspect. Uh, Michael, or excuse me, Derek knew that he fit the profile, but all of the evidence was circumstantial and it just kind of fit, but there was no proof that he was the guy. Okay. Well, right. I imagine this would be something that's very hard to prove unless you have like fingerprint evidence. Right. So at this point, the experience has taken a serious toll on the family. They were losing a lot of money from canceling all of these plans to move in and to stop the renovations. Right. Maria was diagnosed with PTSD. Derek was suffering from severe insomnia. And the children were all very confused as well because they were left in the dark about the whole situation. 
Oh, so their parents, well, I mean, I suppose your parents would want to protect you. How old are these kids? I don't even know. I don't think they released that information just for their privacy, but I think there is three children, uh, at least one of which is a daughter because she was the painter mentioned in the letter. And yeah, I mean, that would be so weird. Like when I was growing up, we moved around a bit just because, you know, my dad would get transferred to different yeah, but branches but like how do you if, explain this especially since you're well, working I guess at home too what like, i'm saying is if if we were in the process of moving we had bought a house everything was packed up and then all of a sudden my mom was like just kidding we're gonna go stay with your grandma for a while yeah i'm sure they had questions and they had been to the new house you know for weeks at a time yeah too. so they're like why aren't we in that new house you know they're confused yes so that's scary time goes on no New leads come up. There's no new letters. So Derek hires a PI. They begin investigating all of the neighbors to see if anyone else may have had a motive or if anyone else fits the profile. Mm-hmm. They tried to find if any friends or acquaintances may have held a grudge of some kind. All leads were dead ends. No other neighbors other than the Langford seemed suspicious. Um, the prospective buyers of the house uh, had no proximity to the house itself. So they were eliminated, too. Sure. There was, at one point, a snooping teenager in the bushes nearby. He was questioned, but there was no evidence of his involvement. And he's a teenager, too, so he doesn't fit the profile of the watcher. Right. And do did, do you have any details about why he was snooping or he was just like... No, I think he was just kind of checking out the house, seeing what was going on. Sure. They just mentioned like he was really the only other person that was known to yeah. be questioned. Got it. Just because of... That's weird, right? Mm -hmm. So Derek still suspects Michael Langford at this point. So he sends a letter to Michael claiming that he would be demolishing the house. He was trying to get a rise out of Michael, trying to get a response back to kind of pin it on him, but no response. Okay. Well, that means one of two things. One, Michael isn't it. Two, he knew that he was just trying to get a rise out of him because they dumped so much money into it. So. After about six months of nothing else happening, six months after receiving the last third letter, the family decides to put the house back up for sale. Okay, so they're they're just over it. Yeah. I would be too. But around this time is also when this story as a whole started becoming a sensation on the news and online too. <gasps> this poor family. I know. So it receives so much attention, especially locally, that there were very little or very little interested buyers at all in the right. area. The Broadduses were also obligated to disclose their story to any buyer and also share the contents of the letters. Now, Interesting. Th- yeah, and, and when I read this, I read this in a lot of different sources. I couldn't figure out why they were obligated. Like, was it the police somehow that made them have yeah. to share that? Or maybe it was a realtor or something? I don't know. But either way, they were obligated to I share am, the I letters. imagine the realtor would very much not want them to share that information because they have an interest in selling the house. There must be some sort of law or rule. I mean, maybe it's the same thing as like if there's been a murder in this house. Yeah, or a death in the house or something. Well, either way, after they put up this house for sale, an entire two years pass with no leads and all potential buyers back out after reading the letters. I'm right. So during this time, many around the country were also accusing the Broadduses themselves of writing the letters, uh, possibly no. because they had buyer's remorse or they were trying to sell the story to make a movie deal or something. No. 
But either way, they were constantly being bombarded with just harassment from social media, from the news, from just forums online, and just basically they had no privacy at this point. Yeah, no way. There's no, no. I mean, I love attention, but no way would I fabricate something like that, lose a ton of money, and potentially put my kids in danger. You know, like, uh, it. What are they? What do they have to gain from it? Because unless a movie deal came out of it, and as far as I know, nothing like that happened. At least as of now, nothing like that has. And happened. even then, you want to go through that many like years of torment before something pays off, right? That doesn't make sense to me. So, I mean, I realize people don't make sense, but that doesn't make sense. So in this two years of nothing happening, uh, they never moved into the home and decided to rent it out. After someone moved in, the Broadduses received a fourth letter from the Watcher. And this is... After somebody else moved in? Yes. After two years of no contact from the Watcher. But this letter was sent to where the Broadduses were currently staying? I don't think so. I think it was left at the house, but it was probably addressed to the Broadduses. Okay. So, and I believe this is the final letter, too. Yes, it is. So, this is the fourth letter, and it escalates. Violent winds and bitter cold. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you (laughs) even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and you're too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong, with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. See, at that point, I would demolish the house out of spite. (laughs) I would do it. I mean, like, I can't live with that kind of mystery. I can't. I can't do it. And you know what? He's pissing me off. Why don't I piss him off? (laughs) But that definitely escalates, though. He is openly threatening harm now, too. Well, he... Is and he isn't because he didn't even say like maybe a car crash or a plane crash will happen to you. He just says maybe car crash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he doesn't even. And how is he going to cause? Well, there are ways to cause mysterious illnesses, I suppose. Right, but either way, yeah. At that point, after receiving this last letter, Derek brought it to the police, and again, after investigating, nothing could be done. There's no clues. Yeah, I mean, there's no additional clues. What can they do? So, pushed to his limit, Derek sent letters of his own to many of the neighbors. He sent them anonymously, but it was later determined it was definitely Derek that sent these new letters. Mm -hmm. Um, So he called out all of the neighbors for their lack of assistance and lack of compassion. Uh, He said that he resented them and blamed everyone for the ordeal that his family was put through. He was basically just venting, but like in a passive-aggressive, almost threatening way. Right. But after sending these and basically being found out it was him that sent them. He immediately regretted it. And no, like, legal action came or anything like that from, like, threatening neighbors. But he was just basically pissed. 
Why is this uh, happening to us? Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, I suppose after that long of an ordeal, uh, thinking that anybody could be behind it and nobody's coming forward with any sort of helpful hints. Then again, you didn't, you haven't really spoken. Did the neighbors ever come, like anyone in the neighborhood ever come forward with any kind of information? Nope. And I mean, I mean, they came forward after receiving those letters of their own. Right. And that would piss me off as a recipient of the letter being like, this ain't my problem. I can see both sides. Yeah. Well, at this point, I mean, nothing else happens and the home is on the market for just years and years. No buyer. And then finally, in July of 2019, the Broadduses finally sold the home at a loss of $400,000, and they were finally able to put the watcher behind them. To this day, the watcher has never been identified, and we assume that the new owner of 657 Boulevard has not received contact from the watcher, or at least they haven't made it public. Sure. And that's the story. Imagine buying a new home, your dream home, and then circumstances out of your control force you to sell it and it takes years to sell it and also you fear the safety of your family yeah i mean i think that of all of our episodes this is the spookiest because it's it's, it's real too and it's like terrifying that this happened just so unwarranted to this family yeah i i mean i well i don't have that kind of money at all no but if i had money like an I I was already at a loss, quite a loss for this house. Like I put in renovations. I'm losing a ton of money. And then he's also hiring a PI. Yes. And like wasting time with the police. I would I would knock down the house and build a new one on the same spot. Well, and I, I took this out completely, but at one point it was suggested that they could demolish the house and split the lot into two different properties. But the local zoning codes, <laughs> the <laughs> local zoning like codes it. required a certain distance between properties. Sure. And they were three feet short. They tried to get an exception to be right. able to do this. And they're like, we'll definitely do this. We'll live in one and sell the other. Yep. We're denied. And then later in that same year, and I believe this is still in 2014 when they were trying to do this. A completely unrelated house did the exact same thing with a larger size or distance discrepancy, but their their exception was approved. So for whatever reason, the county board or the city or whatever just denied the Broadduses but approved someone else. So he was, was pissed about that, too. What if it was the house? There is like an actual curse on the house and the house cannot be demolished. Maybe the house was the watcher. <gasps> I, I'm convinced it was Michael Langford, but there's just no way to prove it was him. Yeah, I mean, but, like, uh, mysterious, like crotchety fits. old man, neighbor. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a loner. He lives with a kind of weird family dynamic. The timeline fits. The proximity to the house fits. Have there been any other odd occurrences in that neighborhood into that house? I mean, they had to have researched the yeah, history they, of the they house. They researched the history of the house. They tried to find out who was living there in the 60s. Yeah. But it was kind of a dead end. I think either that family had passed or they couldn't contact them for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, they tried to figure out, you know, because there were other clues about his grandfather watching the house in the 20s yeah, and then his father in the 60s. But there was no additional information because it was still so general and broad. They're like, we can't figure out who this is. I mean, okay, it's very odd. <laughs> Obviously, the whole story is weird. But 110 years 
is not that old of a house. I no. mean, the house we are in right now was it's built a little younger than that, hundred and two or three years old. Yeah. So I mean, like, yes, there's been history in this house. I'm sure somebody has died in this house in the past hundred years. Any house that's over sixty years old, I'm sure there's been a death in. But I really truly don't think this is a haunting or supernatural or anything like that i really do think it was probably michael langford right just because he's crazy or do you think his father actually watched the house i think so yeah i think they this the langford family the house that was next door to 657 boulevard i think it is significantly smaller and they had a lot of jealousy okay and they probably grew up saying anyone who lives in this mansion next to us is just of greed and okay 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 that that does make sense or like the father was crazy watching it for some weird crazy reason passed it on to the son who thought it was normal that would be yeah. an interesting horror movie premise but the thing is the letters are written in a way that he definitely knows what he's doing is wrong he's not giving away any personal information but he's right. like obsessed with the house at the same time i don't think whoever wrote this is crazy i think they're more like you know they have like an obsession that they can't control it's not like they're just you know senile or anything like that no i don't get like senile vibes but clearly this person is not okay (laughs) well of (laughs) course but and especially since he's threatening strangers and wanting children to move into the house but yeah i and this was huge in 2014 i don't remember if you recall it but it was all over the news that's why i i said at the beginning like I have heard of this. Like, yeah. I mean, even I have it in my unconscious mind that I knew. When I was going to say that because it was so popular, especially on the internet, there were so many people trying to kind of solve this themselves. And if, you know, hundreds and thousands of people can't do it, and if the police can't do it, like, there's just not enough evidence. Yeah. Yes. As you said that, I just thought of that documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats, where they figured out who the guy was. Based on, like, the outlet in the wall. Yeah, and, and like, the shade of yeah. Of <laughs> paint, Unfortunately, like, there's no, like, video evidence. And I don't think there's even, like, picture evidence available to the public of the letters. It's just the it's, transcripts that are available. Yeah, and if it's still unsolved, I definitely understand why. Right. I mean, there's still pieces of the Zodiac Killer thing that have, have not been released. Because it's still an ongoing investigation. Right. Except for we know it's Ted Cruz. And I know this story kind of verged on true crime, but... Yes and no. No. It's right. That's why I thought it was still kind of appropriate for this podcast, because it's just so creepy. And there's no actual, like, death or... There's not even actually a crime here. That's what makes it worse. That's what makes it worse, because there is nothing to investigate. There is... There's... Even if they figured out who it was... Other than a restraining order, fine. For the first, I would say, three letters, yeah. But then that fourth letter, he, like, was threatening. So I, I bet they could get some other charges. But Yeah, but misdemeanor? I mean, like, what, he's going to get a fine? I I realize it's probably some crotchety old man, but... Well, it, it has to be an older man, for sure. Yeah, he's referencing or woman. the 60s. Maybe. Yeah, and I, I I think it's safe to assume it's a man because I think at one point he did mention his penis. Not his penis, but his <laughs> um maybe he didn't. I, I thought at one point he referenced himself as a him, but maybe I'm wrong. 
I don't. I ju- I'm just so convinced it's Michael Langford. I just assume it's a man because I think it's him. You're kind of ruining the spooky though, because I kind of wanted to still- be the house. Well, I mean, he did mention that like the house, you know, breathes or something, and that there's something in the walls. So he thinks it's supernatural. The watcher does. It's just so icky. I don't know. I just that that is terrifying. Of all of the stories that I have read slash heard, I just, that the concept of that is horrifying. I just hope that whoever bought that house in 2019 like isn't having their life screwed by the watcher too. But don't you also kind of wish that they are just so that eventually it can get figured out? I mean, this person knew exactly what they were getting into. Not that I wish harm or mental well i and i I imagine someone probably felt a little safer in 2019 buying this house because they could just get like ring cameras and put them like on every side of the house yes so they would know if anyone touched their mailbox other than the mailman you could very easily have done something similar in 2014 true and this house is also kind of bigger too so that family the broadest were definitely wealthy too right and maybe they did after receiving the first couple letters too because they received those first two letters and like Actually, first three letters in just a span of about two weeks. That would be my first, very first step. Put a camera right in front of the Right, maybe they tried to get, like, security set up, but and that's why they didn't receive a fourth letter for another two years. Yeah. Because I don't think it was ever mentioned, like, how exactly they got that fourth letter, so maybe it was delivered to wherever they were staying and they didn't have cameras set up there. Because, I mean, even if it wasn't the watcher delivering them himself... He was paying some neighborhood kid to drop off the letter. True, yeah. I mean, that's a trail, you know? Where did that person yeah. get the letter? Well, I don't I don't think we're gonna hear any more I updates just need- about the watcher. No. Because I bet this house at six five seven Boulevard is got some cameras up. I would hope at least it does now. Or the watcher has since died. I mean, I know it it's hasn't been, been that five many years. years six but years. I don't like that. I really don't like that. Well, do you have a story to share with us i do not okay so this week i don't have any listener stories for you if you want to share a listener story with us um please feel free to send anything supernatural spooky you get creepy letters from a stranger have you ever gotten a creepy letter from a stranger did the unabomber also leave a creepy note on the back of your door when you moved in do you want to share a weird nightmare with us? Or like maybe even if you've written a short creepypasta or a short story, I would yeah. love to read that too. If if it's spooky, we'd love to hear it. We'll do the spiel on where you can email it after this. Sure. But I actually have come across a very interesting story that's like fresh off the press from Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah! This is going to be a good one. Are you ready? You're going to like this. You're okay. going to love this story. Okay. This is like written for you. And this is the truth. This is a real story. It's from Huffington Post, which I realize is not necessarily you not know, the most reputable. The most reputable. They're but, big but they're, enough. They're yes. not going to be posting outright fabricated lies. Like I imagine they do. Yeah, what some, is that one magazine? Daily World News or the whatever? Mirror, yeah, yeah, the Daily World. Like right. So this is Huffington Post. Here is the headline. Oklahoma lawmaker wants to create an official Bigfoot hunting season. Okay. In Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay, but okay. Hold on. Okay. Hold on now. Representative Justin Humphrey is a Republican lawmaker who wrote this bill. Okay. Here's his quote. Wait, and I'm sorry. Is he like a 
national like congressman or is he just like a Oklahoma like local state government? I think state. Yeah, government. if they're trying to do something in Oklahoma for like a hunting season, that can't be at the national level. I imagine it's state government. Point is, it's it's weirder than you think. Okay. Here's his quote. I just want to be really clear that we are not going to kill Bigfoot. We are going to trap a live Bigfoot. <laughs> we are not promoting killing Bigfoot. We are promoting hunting Bigfoot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, but hold on. The text okay. of the bill directs the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission to create rules, dates, licenses, and fees establishing a <laughs> Bigfoot hunting season. Um, and Humphrey um, has mentioned that he would work with the commission on creating all of these guidelines and rules and a $25,000 bounty for whoever traps the Bigfoot. That's it? Here's the next sentence. Ready? The commission didn't seem interested. <laughs> <laughs> Micah Holmes of the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation said... We use science-driven research, and we just don't recognize Bigfoot in the state of Oklahoma. And he added that the bill would require them to create a new season and license for something that doesn't even exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can't, here's the thing, I cannot tell if this man legitimately is all about trapping Bigfoot, or if he's trying to do this as like a publicity stunt that was for Oklahoma. But I my my biggest he's issue. made headlines for in the past for similarly outlandish bills. He seems like he might actually kind of take this seriously. He's, he's like the crazy uncle that keeps getting voted in from his constituents because they're like, oh, he's fun. He's more relatable because he's like that weird cousin I have that likes to listen to a little spooky. <laughs> I think it's more of just from reading previous laws he has proposed. It's more of the backwoods crazies agree with him. Okay. Bigfoot might be safe in Oklahoma for now, since he the Wildlife exist Commission in Oklahoma. Right, the Wildlife Commission does not recognize him, and therefore hunting season would not be mm. created. But in Washington, Bigfoot is specifically protected by name, so you couldn't kill Bigfoot. No that, matter that's what. what I was going to say, though, because... Well, why Oklahoma? Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma is just, like, plain land. It's, yes. There's no forested area. And plus, Bigfoot is way more of a th thing in Washington and Oregon and, like, the Northwest area. I mean, like, I'm not arguing with you. That was, that was going to be my biggest point where you kept going. But I'm like, why Oklahoma? I don't, I don't know. But this article also points out that if Bigfoot did exist and Bigfoot was not a human... Then in Texas, according to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, hunting Bigfoot and killing him would be legal because Bigfoot's a non-protected wild animal. <laughs> How? Okay. What would your reaction be if you read in the newspaper that... Bigfoot hunting season weekend opener? <laughs> weekend opener. And then at the end, somebody killed Bigfoot. How upset would you be if Bigfoot was murdered? My opinion... And Bigfoot is most likely a hoax, but it's very possible that a Bigfoot thing could exist. And if it does, it's not by itself. Well, yeah, it's I mean got to reproduce. So if someone killed one 
only to confirm the existence that it is real, I'd be pumped. Really? Yeah. But, but like, at that point, then I'd be like, no more killing Bigfoot. But now we have a specimen to like examine and figure out what is this. And yeah. And I suppose like using science and determining what his diet is, you could probably pinpoint the location. Well, and then it would actually bring everyone on board with believing in Bigfoot, too. So then at that point, they would probably try and locate more. But I'm of the opinion that we shouldn't because Bigfoot doesn't want to be found. Leave him alone. And how stupid would the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation feel. Act feel <laughs> if somebody in Oklahoma trapped a motherfucking Bigfoot? Well, maybe in Washington, not Yeah, Oklahoma. I just, I just, I, uh, I don't know. I so, don't know, Sorry man. to all the Oklahomies out there, uh, but Bigfoot's probably not in your state. Hey, but you don't know. I mean, if Bigfoot exists, Bigfoot exists in all of us. Deep down, <laughs> along with Shrek. Yeah, I think about Shrek and Bigfoot every day. Right. Well, that was this week's news. Um, I liked it. I Honestly, I'm really hoping this man is serious, and I hope something happens. I hope in the general state of politics, these are the things we're talking about for the next four years. I'll just <laughs> <leave it at laughs> you agree. So if you want to send us a story, if you have a story to share with us, uh, send us a DM on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all are at NerdslothHQ, and email is contact at NerdSloth.com. Yeah, and thank you, little spookies, for listening to us. We love you. Have a great week. And hopefully you will hear from us next week. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.